And here we go. And welcome to episode 387 of the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Ian. And this is the only podcast that says... If my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles an hour, you're going to see some serious shit. <laughs> that was pretty good. Thanks. Thanks. I that thought was, it sounded like Akbar at first, and then then I got yeah, it. yeah, like Akbar and Lloyd sound close together. That's the strange yeah. thing, but yeah, I, I, that's the first time I've ever tried to go with a a Doc Brown there. Yeah. Or of course I could have also been Reverend Jim from Taxi. Yeah. <laughs> and we're the only ones in the room that know that. <laughs> Yeah, like it's like that's like the, the, the most one of the most inside jokes. There's like ten people out there who are like, shit, yeah, taxi. I remember that show. <laughs> Everybody else is like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? Yeah. Ah, <coughs> uh, how are you, sir? Oh, I've had better days. Yeah. Mm. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> some covid crisis going on yeah I, I didn't talk about it last year i didn't want to go talking about it but because I, I, I figured it's your story and i'd let you break yeah. the news so <laughs> i'm not gonna really break the news yeah um, i just everyone we're going through a crisis yeah I, that's all i'll say okay covid has hit close to home let's just put it that way correct yeah um that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you talk about a careful family. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the that's the worst part. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it sucks. Uh, we're dealing with it. Yeah. But um, for people out there that think that shit is not real. Yeah. Exactly. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's real. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, um, so yeah, we're going through that and, uh, yeah, when it rains, it pours. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> I know. So, but I won't go into it. Um, I mean, I want to, but I don't really. Right. <clears throat> but, um. I'm going really? through a crisis here at home. Well, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I said I really can't because it's yeah, it's personal. Sorry. Yeah, it's personal privacy is the key there. I just let's just put it this way: Ian's on a 14-day lockdown. That's all you need to know. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he doesn't have it, but he's on a 14-day lockdown. Yeah, 14-day lockdown. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's all we're gonna reveal. Uh, um, I, 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 I'm dealing with a crisis myself. Not, not nearly as, uh, as critical as yours, but in my household, it's a crisis. Because mm. uh, this weekend, we we forgot <laughs> months ago. Um, Chris. Nancy's sister's neighbor, neighbor's kid, their old their oldest son, 
is getting married. Now, mm. these people have lived across from Nancy's sister, Christine, for 20-plus years. Yeah. So, Christine got invited to the wedding. Uh. Of, of course, she's going to go. And it's a nice wedding, apparently. You know, It's another one of those, hey, we're having it like at a hotel ballroom type of deals. Um, you know, you're going to crash at the hotel for the night so you can get all fucked up, that type of deal, like 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 her son's was. The problem is her fucking dog. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. And, of course, the problem becomes, like, you know, since it's the neighbor across the street, there's nobody, like, in the neighborhood who could, like, even, like, stop in that they trust to, like, let the dog out and stuff. Because everybody they trust is going to the wedding. Okay. And spending the night. So there's nobody to watch the dog. So months ago, Nancy agreed to watch the dog. Okay. The problem is, you know, Sabine. Yeah. Like, Ahsoka, like, retreats. Like, she's upstairs. Like, I mean, Ahsoka's already, like, made camp upstairs. Like, you know, between her and Sabine anyway. Like, that That situation is not thawed whatsoever. Huh. However, now, you throw a dog into the mix. And this just became, like, chaos and the 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 the, the stri- and oliver's a nice dog like he's a, he's a boob you know <laughs> he's a big boob he's a, he's, a, he's a friendly dog he wouldn't hurt a fly you know well <laughs> sabine like went right at him really oh yeah no back down went right at him like went full cling on nice and then to top it off like like later on, so like, like she goes at him like full like hiss and snarl, back arched, fur blown up, you know, <laughs> and Oliver retreats. He retreats to the kitchen. Yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, well, this this sucks. This sucks for Oliver, you know, because he you know he he's used to having free reign of the, of the house he's you know the house he lives in when they when he she takes him up to their cabin he he runs free outside like you know. Yeah, the neighbors know Oliver and send them home. You know, he's like he's like a kid, and um, it's like for him to be like scared like this like sucks. Mm. And but I let it go for a little bit, and he apparently made his way back in, and she didn't have like she didn't know, and he came in, and she saw him and went at him, and like he like tried to jump on a, the couch. And she sprang on the couch and went at him like full, head on. <laughs> he was on the run. <laughs> like, he took <laughs> off and she took off after him. Really? Yeah. I'm like, holy shit. And like Sabine like got like to like like he took off. He's heading for the kitchen. She stops like 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 halfway into my dining room and is like just standing there like like a gunslinger. Like what the fuck? Yeah, I'm yeah. right here. You know, you don't want these hands. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh shit. It's like, in the meantime, I'm trying to watch the pit game, which, by the way, was a fucking disaster. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't even know what the final score. When I turned it off, it was 28 to three. Oh fuck. Yeah. But um, I'm trying. I was, I was trying to enjoy the pit game. That wasn't working out for multiple reasons. And finally, yeah. I was just like, okay, you, you've just got to fucking go. So I locked her in Nancy's room for a couple hours so Oliver could have 
some peace and tranquility. Right, right. Well, I've opened the bedroom door since then. She has not, I have not seen her yet. But I'm expecting like a surprise attack, like something like from like Pearl Harbor. <laughs> like where she's just going to appear out of nowhere and take down the dog. Build up. Yeah. Like she's like plotting like right now, like, like where are his tendons that I could slice? <laughs> you know? Jesus. Yeah. Like, holy hell. Like, my only hope is, like, right now, like, she's upstairs, like, bonding with Ahsoka over the hatred of the dog. Is she, uh, does she have part Siamese in her? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Like, by, by the look of, like, her snout, like, the the shape of her head and, the, like, the length of her snout and, like, her body type and fur type, I think she has some Siamese in her. Yeah. I mean, she's, a, she's a tabby, but, the, but there's definitely some Siamese. There's, there's some strong Siamese in there. Yeah, because Siamese can get aggressive. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, she's definitely an aggressive cat. Like she, the funny thing is, is like when she gets aggressive, she's not trying to hurt you. It's like a defensive aggression. Uh-huh. Like, and that's why I think she was like with the living room. Like, she's like, Yo, get the fuck off my turf. This is mine. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I, it's the same thing with Ahsoka. Like her, like when she's aggressive towards Ahsoka, she doesn't try to hurt her. She just tries to run her off. You know, right? You know, so like, and you know, and even when like, like you know, she gets aggressive towards me, like and I hold her or something, like she doesn't like have claws at it. It's all paw. You know, she's oh, grounding right. his. Yeah, you know, she's grounding his at me, but it's all paw. There's no claws coming on. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like she knows the difference. So it's like a defensive aggression. And one of the things we found out is like apparently the people who gave her to us, um, then they found her. I mean, she was malnutritioned and stuff like that. And the doctor kind of was like the, the veterinarian was, it was initially when they took her to the vet was like, you know, this cat's been abused. Oh, really? So we, we think like the, she, she had some <laughs> sort of abuse and, like, you know, it's taken her a while to, like, I mean, she's warmed up to us, but, like, it's taken her a while to, like, like reach a point where, like, she's not defensive around us. Yeah, yeah. But she still doesn't, like, fully trust me. Okay. Where, like, with other cats I've had, in, you know, even, like, in my parents' house and stuff, like, and you know, unless they were, like, a, 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 a stray that we took in, but even, like, with most strays, it was, like, very quickly, they kind of learned, you know, they weren't going to be abused at, but her, it's it's taking a little bit of time. Yeah. Like, I could tell, like, she still doesn't, like, fully trust me. Yeah. You know. Yeah, she'll warm up. She will. I mean, she will. It's only been three weeks, but it's still, it's it's interesting because it's, like, now that I have this more background information about her, like, like, Nancy's, like, more sympathetic towards her now. Like before, like she was getting frustrated because of the whole Ahsoka situation. Now she's a little bit more sympathetic about it. But it's like I told wow, her, it's yeah. also two female cat. Yeah. But, but it's like I told Dan, I mean, it, it's going to take a while for them to integrate anyway. I mean, I knew that. You know. Yeah. It's going to take months, not weeks. And the other side of that, though, it, it, but Nancy was like, you know, she wanted it to kind of happen immediately. Yeah, she, 
yeah, she she doesn't admit that, but like you could tell, like 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 after a few days, she was already like frustrated that Ahsoka was like you know stuck upstairs, <laughs> you know. And but now she's a little bit more sympathetic because she understands probably what Sabine's mindset is. Yeah. yeah. Sabine's mindset is DTA. Don't trust anybody. <laughs> right. You know. <laughs> So, like I said, today I, I tried to watch that pit game. I watched the first half and just tried to turn it off. It was so hard to watch. Damn, that sucks. Well, what what sucks is okay. Like Notre Dame's the number three team in the country, and I mean it's bad enough you're you're getting your ass handed to you by Notre Dame, which just drives me insane. But like going into this season. The thing everybody talked about was Pitt's defense. Yeah. And you could see how good that defense was. You know, you could see how good they are, but they get tired because they're on the field. Right. Like Pitt was going out there three and out, back off, you know, and here comes Notre Dame's offense, you know, ready to just drive it right down the field on them because Pitt's defense is gassed. Right. You know, you're just like, fuck. It just it kills me because there are guys on that defense that are gonna be playing on Sundays. Yeah, yeah. You know, there are guys on that offense that are gonna be bagging groceries on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. Which is it's frustrating because you know, but that's pit football. It's always gonna be pit football. It's always just gonna drive me insane. <laughs> but also, it's the first time I got to watch them all season. This is their seventh game of the year. This is the first time they've been on national, like any sort of television that's not the ACC network, which right. I cannot get for some ungodly reason. Like Comcast doesn't carry it. So finally I get to watch a game, and they wore those shitty salute to steel workers uniforms that they wore a few weeks ago, like dark gray with gray numbers, and like the helmet was like dusty gray with, with like the, the – it, it, it was bad. I'm just thinking to myself, you're on ABC, you're on national television. Why the fuck are you wearing these shitty uniforms when you have some of the best-looking uniforms in all of college football? Yeah. I, I hate shit like that. Yeah. I honestly, I, like, it, it, it doesn't, like, and the worst part was the, the, the commentators were Sean McDonough and Todd Blackledge. Mm. For those who don't know, Todd Blackledge played his college football at Penn State in the 80s during yeah. the Pitt-Penn State rivalry. Right, right. Like, like 1980, you know, he Todd Blackledge led a – or 1983, Todd Blackledge was the quarterback who led the uh, Penn State to one of the, their biggest upsets of Pitt. Pitt was like the number one ranked team in the country. Penn State was 11, and yeah. Penn State beat the shit out of Pitt that year. Uh-huh. You know, it, it, that, was like, that was the year Danny Marino should have played for a national championship and didn't. You know, yeah. so like so Todd Blackledge, like he's not exactly a pit fan, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. And um, and even he was like, I don't understand why they're wearing these uniforms. They suck. You've got those beautiful blue and gold uniforms with the script pit on the helmet and everything. Why are you wearing this shit? Really? Like even the, like even the announcers are like, yeah, this makes no sense. And even Sean McDonough's like, man, if I were to turn on, if I was like flipping through the channels, and I turned on this game, I would have no idea who that team is. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like Notre Dame versus who? <laughs> like I hate, and I hate shit like that. I hate, hate 
when schools like have like alternate uniforms that have nothing to do with the school. Yeah. That's what those, you know, it's like if you want to wear an alternate uniform, I get that, but stay within the school colors. Right. I don't know. I there's, there's the bumblebee uniforms by the Steelers were horrible. But you can at least trace that back. Like you could say, yeah. like the Steelers, the Steelers wore that as part of their history. Okay. And while I didn't like them either, like you know, the problem is when they pick an alternate uniform like that, they're stuck with it for five years. So while they wore it, they wanted to wear it as a one-off. Like I wish they would have just never brought it back. Right. You know, you wear it that one time for like their 80th anniversary or whatever it was. <clears throat> you, you you put that in the closet for the next five years. You know, yeah. But they, they wore them once a year, whatever, you know, but. Steelers had a good game last week. Yeah. Like a real good game. Yeah, n- nothing like beating down some shit talking Browns. Yeah, but I mean like, you know. And they're not the Titans, but no, they're they weren't that bad. Well, like the thing like is this, Cincinnati. And, yeah, right. Well, the I thing mean, is, there's a lot of potential on that team. I mean, right. like, yeah, I mean, yeah. You you look at the talent level on that team, and you say that they they should be a good team, and they are. The problem is the two good teams that they've faced, Baltimore and Pittsburgh, they got destroyed in both games. Yeah. I think the total, like the combined score is like seventy-seven to, to to fourteen or something, like something, something ridiculous. Like, well, it was funny while watching the game. It was like, yeah, offensively, Browns are pretty good. Offensive line, I was like, what offensive line? <laughs> yeah, talk about being dominated. Yeah, I mean, they were just crushing them. I mean, like crushed. if I was a Brown, if I was a Browns offensive lineman, I would have been ashamed to show my face in public. It was unreal. It was. I mean, how many fourth downs have we stopped? <clears throat> and like, and like Baker Mayfield was like, like it, it was like one of those things. Like I'm watching the game, and then Pat McAfee pointed us out too, so I knew I was right. It looked like every time they went to hit Baker Mayfield, they were deliberately throwing like an elbow at his ribs. I know. Like every fucking time, I was like, that's good football. <laughs> that's good foot. That's my kind of football. That's what I would have done. I mean, Mayfield yeah. got destroyed. He did. Like, he was taken out of that game in the fourth quarter for his own protection. He was, dude. Yeah. It wasn't because I was like, yeah, we're just going to put Kelsey Clemens in there to get, you know, get a spark or, you know. No, he was put in there to save his life. And it was unreal. Yeah. I mean, just hit after hit after hit. Yeah. He just kept knocking his ass down. Yeah. I mean, it was fantastic. It was. Oh, I, it. I was like. Holy shit. I didn't like the fact that Reggie Bush went down. Not Reggie Bush. Delvin Bush. Yeah. Reggie Bush. Um, (laughs) I didn't like the fact that he went down, but that guy seemed to do okay. Yeah. Dude can hit, though. That's a big dude, man. Yeah. What's his name? Spillane? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Man. I know. Like, I mean, he looked like Hulk Hogan out there. I, I mean, I don't know. Why. I don't know why. I just I, he's just a big the, guy. You know? the, the only problem is he's not nearly as fast as Bush. Well, no. I mean, but that's that's the thing. Like when if you go back and, and and we discussed this a little bit back then, like 
when oh god what's his name ryan shazier when, when he when he you know hurt his neck and he was lost for the rest of his life right you could see the difference his speed sideline to sideline made sure you know, and that's the thing. So, like Devin Bush was meant, what he was meant to replace Ryan Shazier, right? That sideline to sideline speed. Now, the thing you have to hope is before you had Devin Bush, you could do that. Who was the guy you that did it before then? Troy Polamalu. Right. Troy Polamalu was a guy who could line up like near the line of scrimmage. He could play sideline to sideline, and he could drop back into coverage. He could do all the Sorry. He could do all that shit. Like he, he was the guy who 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 was that that speed guy in that defense. Right. He's not the same as this Palomalu, but Mika Fitzpatrick may need to be that guy. Yeah, might be. Like he may need to be that guy who gets up close to the line of scrimmage now and and, and, and plays a little bit more dirty. Yeah, yeah. But you're right, I like guess Spillane, he looks really good. It's just he's not nearly as fast. And, you know, when you have that fast guy who can get sideline to sideline like like Bush could or like Palomalu could, it makes a huge difference. And when you're going to be as a guy like like uh, Travis Henry, you need that guy. Yeah, for sure. Man, when, he, when Spillane made that tackle, it was like Godzilla coming in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, he just destroyed him. Yeah. I'm like, damn, son. Way to make way, way to make your uh, presence felt. Exactly. You know what I mean. So. Anyway, they looked pretty good. They did. I'm looking forward to the game tomorrow. I think. I mean, it's it's one of those games. I mean, like, their offense looks amazing. I, I yeah. think what they they're missing is a power back. I do. Yeah. I mean, I I really do. I, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Connor's okay. Snell's good, you know? Yeah. But that's the one key that they just don't have. Yeah, if they had a Bettis, <laughs> you know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but their offense, I mean, pick your weapon. <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, the tight ends are good. The wides are good. Connor's good on the catch running back position. Snell and Snell's good, too. I mean, like, yeah. They have, um, they have a complete offense. Yeah. You know what I mean? And their defense now, I mean, with Bush gone, but their defense is pretty good too. Yeah. So. I mean, that's a Super Bowl level defense. And the, the Steelers were eight. The Steelers were eight, eight and eight last season because of that defense. Right. You know. And Dupree is just like, God, he's, he's a beast. He's playing for money. I know, but he's still <laughs> a beast, dude. He is, yeah. You're right. I mean, you're right. But I, um, and I don't think they should let him go. <laughs> I know, but I mean, are, look, I've only I've only bitched about it. The couple trades that the Steelers have gone. I know what they do. Right. Like, but like, we should have never got rid of Chad Brown. Yeah. Ever. No, that's that's, a, that's one of the biggest mistakes the Steelers ever made. Was he should have retired a Steeler. Yeah. I mean, dude was good. Yeah. And I have a feeling that the pre's close to that level. The way he's playing, dude. Right. I mean. And I mean, man. I don't want to see like Bud Dupree uh, freeze up TJ Watt. Yeah. 
I mean, like in a three four defense, in all honesty, like you you need you need two of those guys. Right. You know, like you know, when James Harrison won the NFL defensive player of the year, he had Lamar Woodley on the other side. You know, when um um Greg Lloyd had Kevin was, Green. Had yeah, you know, he had Kevin Green. Yeah, you know, when 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 you have two outside linebackers that can get to the get to the pass or that's when that defense is at its best because you don't know where it's coming from. Right. Is it one or the other or is it both? You know? Yeah. Right. They just look good. I'm just going to set it that way. Yeah. You know, tomorrow will be a good test. Yeah. A good test of their running back against our our line and how fast we can get them. Good test defensively, period. Yeah, and I, I think it's also. I mean, a good I test. think Ben can go to a shootout easy. Right. But we'll see how our defense does. Yeah. Like I, I, I mean, I'm waiting for somebody to stop Chase Claypool. And I don't know if anybody can. Dude's good, man. Mapletron. You talk about a that steal. Man. I know. <laughs> That's the amazing thing is like what a steal he is. <laughs> right. You gotta say something about their scouts, man. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't, I don't think it was a hard choice to make. Like, I mean, and it wasn't like somebody that was like, like some hidden gem that they found. It's just I can't believe he dropped. Like, looking at his talent level, that he and his size and his speed and everything he brings to the table, I can't believe he dropped to them in the second round. Yeah, but there were ten other wide receivers that they considered better than him. That yeah, that's, the, that's the amazing thing. And he has he has NFL awareness too with his yeah. feet like that. That juke speed is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, if he if he's playing like this, he's a shoe in for rookie of the year. Yeah, for sure. We'll see. Yeah. But you gotta remember he's delivering the ball too. Yeah, oh, I mean that clearly that helps. I mean yeah. ask Juju and the boys from last year, you know, you got Doc and Mason. Yeah. You know, this year you got Ben. Everybody's smiling. Yeah. I've got a potential Hall of Fame quarterback throwing me the ball. The thing is, eventually, eventually these teams are going to wise up. Right. To Claypool. Guess where that ball is going? It's going to Juju and Deontay Johnson. Yeah. I mean, like, it's sickening. Then you got Ebron and. Vance McDonald. I mean, James, like, you've forgotten the name, name James Washington. Yeah, five, James Washington. I mean, like, yeah. their offense is crushing. Yeah, All like when they, catchers. Like when they go to a, when they go to a five wide set, you've just got to kind of be looking across and saying, "Is my fifth guy anywhere near as good as their fifth guy?" And the answer is no. No. I mean, they're all Blazers, man. Yeah. Well. Juju's, I wouldn't say, is a blazer. I mean, no, like, but he, he doesn't have the speed. But, but, at the sa- but at the same time, I mean, you know, like the, the, it's like, you know, across the board, you've got to say, like, man, matching up one on one is not going to work. And Ben's going to pick apart his own. Right. You know, <laughs> so well, I just like that Ben has weapons. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not two receivers. 
Like he's got a serious score of weapons yeah. there. Man, no, I agree too, man. God, it's a big dude. Who? The other tight end, Ebron. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sick. It is. It's ridiculous. I and I don't want to get too pumped up about it. I mean, yeah. but you look at our record. Yeah, I mean, you're five and zero. You know, you've you've done a pretty good job of handling everybody you've played. Right. Yeah, Tennessee's going to be a test. So are Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore the week after. You know, so that's the one that intrigues me more. Baltimore. Like, yeah. Uh, only because. I don't know, man. This running back's a beast, dude. He, uh, don't get me wrong. Travis Henry's a beast. You're right. I, I'm not going to deny that. But Baltimore, like, Lamar Jackson is that guy that everybody has fallen in love with. And and, and rightfully so. He he has more talent than, than I've seen in an athlete in a very, very long time. Mm. But I would never take him as my quarterback. Like that, I could I could name six guys that I would take before a minimum of six guys I would take before I would take Lamar Jackson. Who would you take number one? Right now, it would be Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I'm just curious. Yeah, and Russell Wilson would be two. Yeah, yeah, and I hate Russell Wilson. Like as as a person, I just I hate his guts. I don't know why he just rubs me the wrong way, mm. but I can't deny his talent for a second. Yeah. You know, but like Lamar Jackson's just that guy. He he just he he reminds me like he reminds me of a souped up version of Michael Vick when he was with the Falcons. Yeah, like he's got a cannon for an arm, but it's you don't know where it's going. Yeah, you know, and he's the type of guy who, when things break down, like. If he if he doesn't see what he needs to see right away, he's more likely to pull his eyes down and run the ball than he is to try to find a, a second and third outlet. Yeah. You know, when things break down, he's more likely to run with the ball than he is to try to find somewhere to go with it. Like, yeah, right. he, he it, it's like other guys, you know, why, why would I take Patrick Mahomes over Lamar Jackson? Well, the answer is simple. When a play breaks down, Patrick Mahomes has the physical ability to, to get out of it. But he is still looking downfield to throw the ball and make a play. His yeah. first instinct is still to throw the ball and and make a play down the field. If there's nothing there, then he'll pull it down and run. Yeah. Where with Lamar Jackson, his first instinct is to pull it down and run. Right. You know. And for my money, that's not going to last long in the NFL. At some point, he's going to take a shot. Yeah. Like he, people people tell me all the time, like you know. Oh yeah, he's been doing this all of his life. He knows how to handle. It. At some point, somebody's going to get a shot in. You know, somebody's going to put him down. That's what makes me nervous when Big Thighs Ben starts running. I'm like, oh my god, dude, what do you <laughs> just go down? Yeah. Or his poor attempt to a pat for a um a block. Just don't even. Yeah. Just put the full back in. I get more nervous. What are you doing? I get more nervous with the blocking than I do with the running, though. Because yeah. Ben's smart enough to slide. 
Sometimes. Sometimes he goes head first. He when he hasn't needs quite to. figured it out. Yeah, when he needs to, he'll go head first. But like when he when he when he gets out there and he he tries to throw a block, it's just like Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a flying octopus. It does. <laughs> Yeah, it's just these limbs are going everywhere. I was like, oh yeah. my god, the knee. Oh my god, don't land on the bow. Oh my god. Uh, don't don't get up and limp. Fix your butt and shit. Stop. I don't yeah. want to see it. All you're doing is it's just a bunch of drama. Yeah. Uh, I hate when he starts limping. I'm like, don't yeah. limp. Don't limp. Uh. That and and the always famous he'll he'll like flex his hand a, a few times. And immediately oh. the announcers pick up on, uh, Ben might be hurt. And he's just like, no, no. He's just, no. It's just being dramatic, dude. Yeah. He started watching films with Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I get that. I always get that. I once saw Terry Bradshaw get carted off the field and he came back in the fourth quarter and threw three touchdown passes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's true. <laughs> yeah. Ranchaw is nuts. Yeah. They got uh, the shit kicked out of them back then, though, too. Oh, yeah. I mean. I mean, Turkey Jones gave him a pile driver. <laughs> you know. I mean, like, dude. Like, like Mason Rudolph is bitch. And like, and rightfully so, he got hit in the head with a helmet. Like, like. Turkey Jones literally grabbed Terry Bradshaw and gave him a tombstone before there was such a thing as a tombstone pile driver. <laughs> Look what LT did to his, what's his name's leg? Oh, fucking Joe Theismann. And that was a clean hit. <laughs> I know. I mean, just just things were so different then. Yeah. They were brutal. Now, I mean, you got to put down a pillow and a blanket before you can put a quarterback on the ground. Yeah, what about the guy? What was his name uh, that led, always led with the freaking um, uh, hammer? The fucking uh, Dick Night Train Lane. Is that, that how far him? back you're going? Yeah, he used to come in with the uh, clothesline. Yeah, that was Dick. That's all Dick he did Lane. was clothesline people. Yeah, like in the fifties, that was Dick Lane. Nah, this was later. This was in the seventies. Well, they, outlawed, they outlawed the clothesline because of Dick Train, Dick Night Train Lane. Like he, oh, was, really? he was the reason. That's crazy, dude. That's just, just like the on the head slap. Yeah. That fucking guy from I can't think I can't remember, I can't remember his name. The guy from the the Reds, the, not the Redskins, the um the Rams. Like you, you like you know you always talk about like giving people the head slap and shit. You're like holy shit. <laughs> like, I'm gonna I'm gonna ring your bell. <laughs> yeah, all juiced up too. Yeah. Oh man. Oh. All right, let's get off football. Yeah, I did watch um, Cobra Kai this week. No, oh, what do you think? Oh, it was very good. Did you get through the whole thing? Yeah, I got through both seasons. Oh, did you? Yeah. I love the end of the second season. I was like, damn. Yeah. Who's calling? <laughs> well, it, it it's like so interesting. Like Daniel's I, girlfriend with some new boobs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, like I, I find like the, the story of Johnny Lawrence interesting. Isn't it though? It is. Yeah, it's the it's the most interesting like, thing about this movie. 
Like he, he's not the hero or the villain. He, but he's like he's like the guy who's like trying to like find a way to do the right thing. <laughs> right. Like Larusa talks about balance and all this shit, but he's the one really trying to find it. Right. You know, and it, it was like, like I just I I found everything about that character fascinating from like the first episode to the, to that last episode of the second season. I was like, fuck, this is this is good storytelling. It is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I was shocked too. I was like, I had low expectations. I was like, man, this is fucking dumb. I mean, like, it's just yeah, they need to bury this. Yeah, just put it to bed. But then as you just continue watching it, it just becomes so addictive. Yeah. Like, you, you're you watching it for Johnny. Yeah. You're not watching it for Larusa. No. You're watching it to watch Johnny. Yeah. And what he does, his situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, dude, good. I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, and, like, to have, like, everything taken away from him again, like, at the end of season two. Was like so fascinating. It was, wasn't it? You know. And I, I also like he's like a man out of time. Mm-hmm. Like it's still 1985 to him. Mm-hmm. You know, like like like, and it it showed it like like at the beginning like with him like what I mean he still had like a, a you know a tube television. <laughs> Watching Iron Eagle, you know, and shit. <laughs> it, right. It was just like so fascinating. It's like they chose to make him this this like in many ways this man out of time who like has no clue what's going on around him. It's still 1985 in his head. He can't move forward. No. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then like the like like <laughs> like watch him find the internet. Yeah. You know. And the dating apps on his phone. Yeah. Yeah, like that was, was good. Yeah, but like it was, it was like so, like, like the way they treated the character was like really interesting to me. Yeah, like in a way, I could identify with that. Yeah, you know, like this this moment in time that completely destroyed him and left him stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's never found a way to get through that. And like now he's like trying to find his way through that. It's like kind of interesting to see. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, I do. I I think that it's like the story of Johnny. Yeah, and it's really good. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like his, I don't know the whole arc. I mean, I like the kids and stuff too. I think they're cool, and I'm glad they can fight and stuff like that. And yeah, there's nothing like a. A freaking school fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that was ridiculous. Some, I know. And there's some corniness in it, sure. You know what I mean? But the stuff that's going on with Johnny is a whole hell of a lot different. Yeah. Especially between him and Daniel. The Mexican restaurant was the best. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah. And there's like... I find that there's a lot of one-liners in the movie, in the show, that just make it really good, and it pays really good homage to Pat Morita. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in that whole essence. But then again, it's not really about him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. things have changed. It's about Johnny this time. But 
like when they were sitting at the table and Daniel's wife was like, oh, yeah, I used to date all kinds of guys. And, da, 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 da. Yeah. and Johnny just laughs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, you know what I mean? I, just stuff like that. It just makes it really good. Now with what's her name coming back? Possibly. Yeah. I'm sure she will. Yeah. Did you see, you watch the boys, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she still looks good. <laughs> Did you watch the second season of the No, I haven't. I haven't watched the second season yet. Oh. I know. I gotta get on that. Wait till you see her. Yeah. That's all I'll say. Okay. You'll figure it out. Yeah. But I was yeah, like I'm... Holy crap. Yeah, I, I just it's like one of those things like I've kinda like been in a rut and it's like like yesterday, I was like, I need to get out of this rut. <laughs> and I'm going to watch Cobra Kai. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I watched Cobra Kai and I was like, okay, I'm glad I watched this. I finished that off today and I was like, you know, hmm. I'm I even like the part with the friends. Oh, yeah. Friends? Man, yeah. Exactly. that was good storytelling, too. It was. It was really good storytelling. Yeah. I was just like, wow, this is cool. And you know, I love yeah. how the music, even when they the bar fight started, the music kicked right in. You know, yeah. You know, like that '80s rock. I was like, yeah, yeah, this is cool shit. Yeah, it's really good. So, the, the only thing they missed, and I'm I'm sure they just, for whatever ungodly reason, they couldn't get their rights to it. But in the first season, when they did the tournament, they did the montage of all the fights and stuff. That should have had you're the best. Yeah, yeah, maybe they couldn't get the rights. For what I, God only knows why they couldn't get the rights for that. I mean, <laughs> right. That would have just been perfect. No, yeah. it would have been. You know. And I like how the characters are flipped. Sort of. Like, it's almost like Daniel and Johnny are flipped a little bit. Yeah. And then their students are flipped as well. And it makes it more intriguing that the, Daniel's students, his son... Which is even more, yeah, fire, you know, gasoline into the fire. I yeah, I just tell me you weren't like, oh fuck, when what's his name showed up? Oh Reese, yeah, Reese, oh yeah. I'm like, oh man, what a dick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's, it's a really, I mean, I know I'm late to the party. I know everybody else has probably watched this already, but, like, it, if you haven't watched it, if you're on the fence, if you're waiting for my review, <laughs> it, it's it's worth the watch. Like, it really is. Um, it's so good. Yeah. And I, I like, I, I love how, like, they've they've incorporated all three of those movies. Yeah. You know, there have been references to all three of the movies. Um I think it would have been easy to like, you know, kind of not reference the other two, but uh, you know, I, I, especially the third one, I thought you know, maybe they'll reference the second one because you get, you know, but the third one I could see them kind of blowing off, and they didn't. Like they, they all three have been referenced, um, so I like that a lot. I saw an interview with <clears throat> oh, I can't remember. 
it was an interview. I don't know if it had to do with Cobra Kai, but it was some kind of convention. Yeah. But I swear it wasn't Cobra Kai. It might have been before Cobra Kai. Yeah. It was honoring Pat Morita, and they were donating his uniform or something. Something mm-hmm. online, some kind of YouTube hole I went down. Yeah. So the director was there, and LaRusso was there. Well, not LaRusso, but, you know. Yeah. Um, Ralph Macchio and the guy who plays Johnny was there. And uh, like I said, the director, Reese was there, whatever his name is. I can't remember who else was there, but they're all talking. And Monchi is talking to the, sitting right next to the director. And they were like, Karate one, Karate Kid one and two. And Ralph Monchi has said something to the fact is like, yeah, I don't know what happened to Karate Kid three. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he was yeah. kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened there, man. I don't yeah. know where you were at on that one. <laughs> and then they just dropped it. It was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Karate Kid Three is bad. It is a bad movie, but like, but I, I like just like it, I appreciate that they like incorporated, yeah, a lot of that storyline into it. Was it as bad as Superman Four? No, no, but uh, it was bad. Yeah. Anyway, I watched Tombstone. Classic. I love it. No, oh, it's a great movie. I like it better than Wyatt Earp. Oh, well, it's because Wyatt Earp's boring. It is boring. But I do appreciate, I did appreciate Dennis Quaid as Doc Holliday. Yeah. That was the only shining star in that freaking movie. <laughs> but uh, um, I'm, I'm going to say this, because I, I, right now I can hear Stork's teeth grinding. Like, Wyatt Earp is a is a good telling of the story, but it's sure. it's done so in that Kevin Costner way that like at that point in time it was just like fuck here we go again you know what I mean <laughs> whereas Tombstone is, is like a flat out action movie it is that's all it, it is it's, all it's, it's the diehard of of western movies you know it, it's like and we're going to do it in such a way that it's like one of the most memorable Westerns ever done. You tell him I'm coming and hell's coming with me. Oh, it's classic. Kurt wow. Russell's amazing. He's now, amazing. It might be one of his best roles he's it, ever done. Yeah. Now, Kilmer, amazing. Like, well, the entire cast, even what's his name was in that. Uh, Michael Roker was in that. Yeah. I mean, everybody's in that fucking movie. You know what I mean? I just... uh, Val Kilmer was absolutely amazing in that movie. Yeah. He was. I mean, almost every single part of that movie, I just... I don't know. I I turned it on, and I was like, fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? I haven't seen this in at least three years. Yeah. You know? And I was like, I'm going to sit down, get a sandwich, and enjoy this movie. Yeah. <laughs> God, is it good. It is. It is so like when you, good. When you watch Especially it. when he turns. Especially when he turns. Yeah. Like, he just, 
and it's like the last quarter of the movie, you know, because he's trying to be, you know, not yeah. the sheriff, and trying to do this and that and the other. And when he says that line, it takes him out and says that line. Oh, yeah. it is on. Oh, I love it. And of course, what's his name it was just perfect. Ralph Kilmer was perfect. Yeah. Oh. I mean, you talk about some serious acting. Yeah. Because every time you looked at him, he looked like he was dying. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah. I don't know what they. I don't know what they did with that dude unless they sprayed him with a spray bottle all the time. But the guy was always sweating. Yeah. And when he wasn't sweating, he looked like he had that, like, clamminess to him. Yeah. Like he always looked ill. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good makeup. But uh, hell and he yeah, sold, and he sold it too. Like I mean, like you want to talk about like, like great acting performances? Val Kilmer in, in in Tombstone is like top ten in my opinion. <laughs> Especially yeah. when he starts showing off at the shot glass. Yeah, that was so good. Yeah, I was smiling ear to ear when he because I had forgotten about it. Right. Oh yeah. I remember once the dude drew, Ringo drew, and he started doing his thing, you know? Yeah. I was like, oh, this is a shot glass for it. This is where he does it with his little cup. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Anyway. Sam Elliott's in it, too. I know Sam Elliott's in Fuck everybody. What's it, Tim Robbins? Yeah. Is that Tim Robbins? Everybody was in that movie. Yeah, I mean, let me look it up here. Because you're right. I mean, that that, that, that movie is just killer. And that cast is like crushing. I mean, uh, there was everybody and their mother in that movie. There it is. Kurt Russell's at wide are Val Kilmer, Doc Holliday, Sam Elliott, Virgil Earp, Bill Pax, and Morgan Earp. Bill Pax. Yeah. Powers Booth, Curly Bill Brocious. <laughs> Michael Bine, Johnny Ringo. Charlton Heston's in this. It's Henry Hooker. Yep. Jason Priestley, Sean Tunney, Stephen Lang, Thomas Hayden Church. I forgot about Thomas Hayden. Yeah, Michael Rooker. <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton's in it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, like, this is like a Billy Zane. I forgot Billy yeah, Zane's yep. in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like a this ridiculous cast. The great Frank Stallone is in it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he was in the bar at the band playing the piano. Ed Bailey was the character he played. Do 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 do. Take it back. Hanging beside the the old fucking oil drum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Frank's the one. 
Good cast. And, Explore the oh, world of Bufferton Hills with Corey Carson. Always a commercial. I fucking hate that. Cool. Little Frank Stallone for us all to enjoy. Yeah. A really shitty rock, Christopher Cross. Yeah, it's just like the funny thing is about Frank Stallone is like. Whenever he's featured in all those movies, like his music, yeah, it's always not his music that makes the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's always the other person that, like, you know, yeah, that that's what, like, you know, like, sort of say Survivor, right? Eye of the Tiger. Yeah. That's what everybody remembers from Rocky movies. Yeah. Frank Stallone did every fucking track known to man in all the fucking Rocky movies, and when someone says Rocky. The first song that comes to, comes to mind is Eye of the Tiger. Yeah. Every single time. Yeah. Not the guys on the street. Doo, 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 doo. None of that yeah. crap. It's fucking Eye of the Tiger. I'm telling you. Here's, here's a sad thing. Okay. Like, so that song, Far From Over, it, it, it's from Stay, Staying Alive. Right. Directed by Sylvester Stallone. I saw that in a theater. And I saw staying alive in a theater. Yeah, and I'm fairly certain I saw it with you and your mom. Really? Because I don't even remember. Probably. I, I, I seem to recall that because I mean, because you had a fascination with Saturday Night Fever at an early age. I didn't. Yeah. So I I, 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 I seem to watch it, but I watched it. I seem to recall us seeing that in the theater together. It was horrible. Oh. <sighs> Like in that whole thing at the end. Oh, it was, it was like ah, <laughs> the worst. Like, like I recall you walking out of the theater being upset. Yeah, it just wasn't. <laughs> like, like, like I'm Saturday Night Fever is actually in a very adult film. It is. It is. It's a. It's a, it's a very good film. Like I mean, it is. Like, like as as good as Saturday Night Fever is, that's how bad Staying Alive is. But it's very strange that as a seven-year-old, I connected to it for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know either. I, I mean, I just got into the story. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. But maybe because my brother was about his age at the time. Maybe. Like, I don't know. About about the same age range. Yeah. And I, I can remember my brother going to the disco clubs and stuff like that. So yeah. maybe that's where I had the connection. Like, but I remember, it's a like, very... Like I remember you making me watch Saturday Night Fever. Like we were like ten. I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, but it was just it's it's a really good story. It is. Like I mean, later on in life, I learned to appreciate it as as a movie, you know. But like at ten, I'm like, what the fuck is this disco? (laughs) Yeah, I know, but it 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 was like beyond disco. Yeah, like it uh, tells a very good story. Right, around disco. Like, everybody yeah. looks at that movie and is like, oh, Saturday Night Fever, disco, it's all about... But, nah. No. 
this goes kind of in the background of this. It's not really the main focus of this film. Yeah, it's kind of like The Walking Dead. Let's like it says it takes place in the zombie apocalypse, so it's not about zombies. Right. It kind of, yeah. Right. You know. It kind of reminded me of. I don't know. Maybe Saturday Night Fever just kind of reminded me of Rocky, in a sense too. Because I remember I saw Rocky when I was really yeah. young. Um. So I don't know. It was in that same vein, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the streets, that kind of. Um. So I just I don't know. I don't know why I don't know why I got into it. But it was so adult I shouldn't have. No, I don't know how I even watched that shit. I mean, they basically raped a girl in a car. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> suicide. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a deep, mo- it's a deep fucking movie. And you're like sitting there like, just down with it. And I'm like, at 10, I'm like, what the fuck are we watching? <laughs> Ian's fucked up. <laughs> like, I get it. The soundtrack. It's kind of cool, but still. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily the soundtrack for me. Yeah. I mean, it was. I think I had, like, as a kid, I swear, I, I can't find it, still can't find it after, you know, yeah, everything. But uh, I swear I had a book. It was Saturday Night Fever, like, the book. Yeah. Like a paperback. Yeah. And inside of it were the pages were, um, they were, like, real from the movie. Yeah. You remember those books? Oh yeah, like they do the movie adaptations. They release yeah, as a novel. Yeah, but it was like a but real middle, book. Yeah, it was a real book, but in the middle, they'd be like four or five pages of like color photos from the movie. Yeah, and then it, and it have like like a almost like a um, comic balloon. Where yeah, they would they would they would be talking. They were you yeah. know the the people were talking. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know. I must have read that thing a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> Just like when we were younger, reading First Blood. Yeah. In the cave. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. should have been reading that. Yeah, I'll never forget, like, in third grade, like, Robbie Hicks let me borrow his copy of First Blood Part 2. Yeah. I'm fucking reading this, and I'm like, holy shit. Shit got real. Real quick. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But, um. I don't know. I was young when I read Halloween. Yeah. That's some crazy shit there, too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I mean, like, I do. I do love Saturday Night Fever, but I just. I don't know. There was just something about it. Yeah. Something beyond the music. Don't yeah, get me wrong. No. I like some disco music. Seriously. I love the Bee Gees. Yeah, but it wasn't about that really. Just a good movie. Yeah, like Rocky One. Rocky One isn't like. I mean, it's a great movie, but it's not. How do you put it? Like, you can tell when the movie was made. Yeah, yeah. it's. I mean, it's dated, but I mean, it is. It. It's such a good story, though. I, I know. You know, like the first, the first two Rocky movies are such a great story. Like the third movie, you're kind of like, yeah, you know, it because the, the third movie becomes a boxing movie. But the first two movies aren't boxing movies. No, it's a, it's about a person. Yeah, it's about Bobo. Yeah, 
And that's why he hit it on the head when he brought back Balboa. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, he brought back those first two Rocky movies. Yeah. And that's why he's had success. You know what I mean? With yeah. these movies later on. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, Rocky Four was atrocious. <laughs> I mean, Rock, Rocky Four was like... It was Stallone taking advantage of, like, you know, flag-waving patriotism at the time. Yeah. Like, I mean, and, and like, you know, the Russians were the perfect, like, you know, villain. So, you, I don't blame him for writing that movie. I mean, is it as good as Rocky 1 and 2? Good Lord, no. Do I enjoy the hell out of that movie? Fuck yes, I do. <laughs> I don't as much as I enjoy Rocky 3. Like, Rocky 5 is the one that I find to be atrocious. Yeah, that was bad, too. Yeah. That's awful. That's a horrible movie. That's the one with Tommy Gunn. Yeah. Remember how dumb, like, he, like, made Rocky? Yeah. Like, horribly. Yeah. It was like... He just, he was just way off base. Yeah. Like, the way Rock is when he owns the restaurant is more of how I would picture Rocky Balboa. Yeah. Like, it's... Like, you can see... From the fights from one and two, three, and yeah. then going into what is Rocky Balboa. Yeah. The one with Tommy Gunn was like annoying. Yeah. Like he was kind of like, it, oh. It's a horrible film. Yeah. Like it, it, it just is. Like I, <laughs> oh, it's so bad. It's, it's indefensible. Like, I could defend Rocky Four to a certain extent. I could defend Rocky Three to a certain extent. There's only one part in Rocky Five that was good. And that's when the train passed. And yeah. And Mickey goes, get up, kid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that, that whole get part. Get up, you bum. I didn't hear no bell. Right. Yeah. That was the only cool part in that entire movie. Yeah. Like, those ten seconds. Yeah. That was the movie for me. Previously, else, so, previously seen footage of Burgess Meredith in Rocky One is the best thing in Rocky Five. <laughs> Isn't that horrible? horrible? It was the best thing about that movie. That was yeah. it. But man, Rocky Three was good though. He just the only thing that bothered me about Rocky Three was uh, how weird he looked compared to the second one. Yeah, because he he got in the shape. Well, yeah, that and all the facial reconstruction or whatever. Yeah, I mean, dude had some work done. Yeah, he went from looking like a tomato can. To, you know, I don't know what. Yeah, it wasn't right. Yeah, <laughs> that and the uh, the old Apollo Creed hand grab on the beach, like. <laughs> I didn't really understand that part either. Even yeah. as a kid, I was like, why are they jumping at each other? Rocky and Apollo running on the beach in the ringer socks up to their knee. Oh, the ringer socks. And then, you know, like when Rocky made it through his training after I the Tiger was done, like he was killing Apollo, like, you know, running wise. Yeah. And then they got to the so-called part of the beach and they just started fucking jumping and touching yeah. each other. <laughs> A bunch of labyrinth cocks up in the air and <laughs> the fuck? Those, those short shorts from the eighties. Oh yeah. 
Oh. The ones you had to wear a jock strap with? <laughs> yeah. Like, I just, I it was just so weird. That part was just the weirdest to me. But I love Mr. T in it. Oh, yeah. I did. That was his his best performance. Yeah. And any over A team. Yeah. Especially when he calls out Adrian at the press conference. Yeah. Hey, woman. I was I was like, damn, dude's got some balls. I remember yeah. seeing that first time. I was like, oh, he's calling on his lady. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that dude's badass. Yeah. yeah. Then he does the old. Did he did one of these? He was like, yeah. What a real thing. Like, damn. <laughs> like when he just stands there looking. Nothing but pain. I'm like, yeah. Oh, shit. He, dude, he fucking pulled it off. Dude. Yeah. Tell him. Clubber line, man. And like the set, like the funny thing is, is like, I understand it's acting, but it's like he never went back to doing anything even remotely close to that. Like he could have had a career of, of being the badass. Right. And instead, I mean, he went to completely, like, 360. And made cereal. Like, (laughs) (laughs) he made, like, he went went the whole route with, like, you know, the A team, where he was kind of like the the lovable um, badass. Yeah, yeah. But then. There was nothing after that. Oh, that, but then he does this. This is the strangest fucking thing. Well, you couldn't be more than five. You're so fat they have to jack you up to take off your shoes. Yeah, well, you're so skinny your eyes are in single file. Well, you're so ugly your ears stick out to get away from your face. Well, your Good mama work. is so... Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't there bring is. anyone mother into this. She ain't here. If it wasn't for your mother, you wouldn't be here. So remember, when you put down one mother, you put down mothers all over the world. And now I know. I watched. <laughs> Maybe you should have wanted to send a positive. I know. I mean, it's great, but. Oh yeah. I forgot about his rap. This is tre- that's just tremendous. Like he didn't do anything after that. No, like I mean, like I mean, he became a cartoon character. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I mean it. It's like it's like such a fascinating career to me that that's the direction he decided to go and like he 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 was founded as Clubber Lang. Yeah. And he did like a complete 360 and went this direction of being like this you know this like and it's great that he was that decided to be a positive role model and I'm I'm sure like you know that that's awesome but still like from an acting standpoint like he could have done so much more and he didn't. Right, I know. You know, he kind of remained in character. Yeah. Like he became Mr. T the rest of the way. Yeah. It's a shame. 
He was yeah. in wrestling for a little bit too, right? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, WrestleMania one, he was in the main event with Hogan and um, him and Hogan were a tag team against Roddy Piper and uh, Paul Orndorff in the main event at WrestleMania one, mm. and then at WrestleMania two, he boxed Roddy Piper in a <laughs> boxing match. And then that was it, I think. Oh, do you remember them shots of T coming in? Oh, yeah. Balboa, Rocky Three. Yeah. That freaking, with, with his mouth open with the guard. Yeah. Ah, like pounding. Oh, yeah. That's oh, classic. It was. I'm, I'm a huge Rocky fan, but I mean, like, I don't know why either. I mean, you can see the fucking, how bad some of the shots were. Well, I mean, I mean, more importantly, like, my dad told me one time, because, like, I, at the time, I wasn't watching boxing, but, like, you know, I thought all boxing matches were like Rocky. And my dad was like, people would be dead. <laughs> like, like you, you can't fight like this and live. People would be dead. <laughs> you know, this, this is completely fictitious. You understand that. I'm like, but look at what he does. Like, he, like, like that man would die. Rocky Balboa would be dead. And it would be all over the news that he died in the He'd ring. He'd probably because... be dead the first time he fought um, Apollo. Yeah. Because Apollo, like, <clears throat> I don't know how Balboa ended up being in, what was it, heavyweight? Or was yeah. that middleweight? No, he was a heavyweight. Yeah. I don't understand, because, I mean, everyone that knows Stallone's, he's like 5'2". Yeah. Right. Yeah. And his reach is not fantastic. No. You look at fucking Carl Weathers. That's a big man. And he has long arms, man. Yeah. I mean, like, long. And so, you know, and if you look how much in shape Apollo was, especially during that first fight. Yeah. I mean, Carl Weathers was in shape for those movies. Yeah. I mean, he was he was ripped. Yeah. And <laughs> Balboa would be dead. Yeah. And, and Balboa wouldn't even be able to throw a punch. No. He wouldn't even be able to reach him. You know what I mean? But at the same point, it was still it was still good. Man. Yeah. I'll let it slide. Yeah. But I mean, like it's like it was like just funny because like I didn't know anything about boxing and like I'm watching boxing like this is nothing like a Rocky movie. My dad's like that's because that, that's fake. Those people would be dead. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Hey, I'm the one that wanted Apollo to win. Yeah, like they can't go 16 rounds without using defense. <laughs> you know, you have right. to have defense. Like you can't, you can't just leave yourself open to shots like that for 16 straight rounds and expect to be alive. <laughs> no, you know. Uh-uh. Like, I oh, can just okay. remember the makeup on that mash face at the end. Oh, oh yeah, brutal. I'm like, yeah. Good lord. I'm like Rocky Dennis. No, it was horrible. <laughs> Apollo had a goose egg, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Rocky looked like he got burned to death. Yeah. <laughs> like his fucking skin was wrinkled. I mean, it was just like slough. It was awful. Is there holding each other? Ain't gonna be no rematch. I don't want no fucking rematch. <laughs> you know. This uh. is Want to open them, open up with them in the hospital? Yeah. 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 
Yeah, they both had to go to the hospital because they beat the fuck out of each other for 16 rounds. <laughs> right. Oh. <laughs> uh. Speaking of things from our childhood, the one story I want to cover. Uh-huh. Um, somebody came up with the idea that they want to do a Smokey and the Bandit TV show. Oh, Jesus. Now, unfortunately, there are some big names behind this, including Seth MacFarlane and um, David Gordon, who was the uh, director of Pineapple Express. David Gordon Green. Um, producers will include Danny McBride and Jody Hill. Now, look. <laughs> there are two problems I see with this. Problem number one, there is no way, and I mean no fucking way in hell, you could ever remake a Smoking the Bandit. It's just it's, it in, a, in these politically correct times, it doesn't work. All right. And two, there is nobody, and I do mean no fucking buddy who can play the bandit except for Burt Reynolds. God rest his soul. Yeah, there's no way. To. It, it can't be done. I'm all for soft reboots from time to time, and I'm all for remakes from time to time. I've, I'll, I'll work with you on it, but this is one of those things you just can't fucking touch. Yeah, I just I don't see it happening. You you Speaking can't of repl- Jerry Reed. <laughs> I just watched Hot Stuff. Oh, it, there's a an Ian Bellamy favorite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I what? don't know why. Mom liked it too. But what we, was that uh, on? I watched it on YouTube. Oh, okay. Through just, my TV. Yeah, yeah, I figured it was. Yeah, but still. Yeah. I put it on. I was like, Mom and I used to watch this all the time. Classic. Let's see his amplishat, dude. Next, next week you're gonna tell me you rewatched Little Shop, um, Festival Horror House in Texas. That's uh, coming. That's coming. But <laughs> dude, I love Don DeLuise, Period. I know you do. I know you do. And I, I think he's one of the funniest fucking people ever to walk this earth. No matter what he's doing, I don't care what yeah. he's in. Whether he's yeah, playing get- a cartoon voice or somebody like some cameo. Yeah. He's fucking hilarious. Yeah. You you were yeah. always there for Dom DeLuise. I was, dude. I just yeah. think he's just an amazing, amazing comedian. <clears throat> but yeah, I wanted to see him because in this, like I loved him in Fatso and like I did. And uh yeah. in this I like um he's in the whole movie, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like a cameo where he's playing the Godfather, you know, or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like he's actually in the whole movie. Yeah. And uh yeah, it's just I just love Dom DeLuise, but yeah, I watched I watched Hot Stuff, great film. Uh, Mel Brooks, Mel Brooks had a quote out. Not a quote. I can't remember the exact quote. Did I tell you this already? No. No. Not on air. I mean, like maybe I told you off air. No. But Mel Brooks used to like Dom DeLuise. Like he he have him come in to play role. Yeah. Just to play a. Yeah, like even later yeah. on, like in those other films, they had to show up for a cameo. Yeah. And like he, he was the voice come... of Pizza the Hut. Yeah, right. Yeah. And he would just come in for a cameo. Yeah. And Mel Brooks purposely took <clears throat> two days of shooting 
for Dom DeLuise's cameo because he just enjoyed him so much. And he yeah. just made everybody fucking laugh so much on set that they, he like lifted the setup. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like it was such a good time just having him there on set. Yeah. That's crazy. That is. Anyway, back to you. Sorry. Smoking yeah, anyway, so, not going to work. So, like, like, I don't know how you can think it can work. Like, especially as a TV series. I, who knows? I don't, like, I, I, I just, like, and, like, the guys that are involved in it, I like everybody. You know, I think they're funny people, but, like, and I get, like, the, the attraction to the project, but, like, at the same time, you just kind of kind of say to yourself, like, this really can't be done. You just can't recapture that that comedy. No. And number one, and number two is you can't capture that comedy of the time. Right. I mean, like, I mean, there's you no can't replace Jackie now. Gleason. There's no comedy now that is going to be able to capture that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's just no way. There's no way that half the shit that Jackie Gleason says you can even say on TV. No. No. I don't care if it's on HBO. You know what I mean? And I mean, like, like and I, I get like, like HBO like is more than happy to do some pushing of the envelope. Like, I, I think of that, that comedy. I, I can't think of the name of it right now, but the one Danny McBride did with the, uh, you know, the, the evangelical family. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's some raunchy fucking shit. It is, dude. You know, and that's pushing the envelope. But like, you know, if you were to do Smokey and the Bandit today, as it was, that would be an R-rated movie now. There's yeah. no way that would be PG. Uh-uh. You know, and like, it's just, you can't replace Jackie Gleason, you can't replace Jerry Reed, and you can't replace Burt Reynolds. No. And you can't replace the car. No. Yeah, I don't see it happening, but. No, not at all. Like I just, I, I can't see you like, like I mean, it's there are too much. There, there's too much iconicism. Place Fred. I'm just kidding. No, you can't place Fred. That dog was amazing <laughs> for three films. <laughs> Thought they brought him for the fourth film, not so much. <laughs> but <laughs> the fourth film we don't like to talk about, or the third nice. film. We don't like to talk about that third film at all. But uh. You're trying to think about it right now, aren't you? How bad the third film was. I don't. I don't think I remember it. Oh, uh, second one is the one with the second one was with the elephant, but the third one was with with Jerry Reed as the bandit. Oh yeah, yeah, it was bad. Yeah, and it was made in the '80s, so the Trans Am he had was the kit version. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, got it. Yeah. So, I mean, like, there's a, it, it's one of those things that it's so iconic. Like, everything is so, about that is so iconic. The car, Bert, Bert, like, with the hat, you know? Right. Like, it, it Jackie Gleason, like, I mean, it, it's, it's just, a, and then like, you throw on top of it just the, the subject pattern. Like it's just it's so untouchable in my opinion. Did they ever remake a Cannonball Run? No. 
Is that anything they were talking about for a while, weren't they? I think so, yeah. That's that's another one you just can't redo. I think that's a little bit more redoable. I doubt. I don't think it works. I, I the only thing that hold that holds it back is like, can you get like that many like iconic actors to get together for no salary? Like, I need you for ten days here. I need you for ten days there. Like, like so. That was a great thing about Cannonball Run was like there were so many people in those movies like and like they all only had like ten minutes of screen time you know but they all made that ten minutes of screen time work like can people put their their egos away to, to like you know just do that you know what I mean I don't know like like big cat like like movies like that you just don't get made anymore right. And I'm not even talking about like the cannibal run aspect of it. I'm just talking about like, like what was the last one you saw that was like that? Like what rat race? Tombstone. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, tombstone. But like where you just had like you know, like a, a road movie or a chase movie like that where it was like, you know, like 50 actors all just like coming together. Like you just don't see that anymore. Yeah. Like, there are actors I could see who could do a cannonball run. Like, Robert Downey Jr. would be perfect. Yeah, yeah. In, in like, that that Burt Reynolds role. Right. You know, and then you give him, like, Zach Galifianakis as the, the, his, his Dom DeLuise. <laughs> you know, like, I could see shit like that working. But, yeah. like, I, you know, but you can't turn that into Smokey and the Bandit. Robert Downey Jr. does not work as the Bandit. Right, right. Like there, there, yeah. there's something that there is something about like you have to be a good old boy to be the bandit. Burt Reynolds was a good old boy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it just that's what it takes to get to be that character. Burt Reynolds understood that character. Right. To a certain extent. Gator. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Gator. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 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 oh, I can't believe you brought up Gator. <laughs> oh, man. oh my! So I mean, this is in the works. I mean, it's in the early development stages. But man, I hope they don't get this done. Yeah, I, just I, hope. I hope this is one of those things that kind of just fizzles away. Yeah, it probably needs to. I hope so. I mean. The only way I could see it working is with younger audiences, of course, that have never seen Smoking the Bandit. Yeah. So, I mean, I could see where it would work on the younger audience level. But to the people that saw the Bandit, of course, you know, we're getting up there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I mean, like, I don't think it would necessarily work for them. Yeah. But it might work for a younger audience. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I are they going to turn the cars into like Fast and Furious bullshit? That's my other concern. You know what you mean? That like, route. Yeah. I don't know. It's just such, it's so dear to our hearts that, uh, 
I don't I don't know if I'll appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, I can remember being at my mom's house and we're riding down my back hill and you're on my freaking Hot Wheel being banded. Yeah. And I'm in this fucking <laughs> school bus. Fucking school bus play kids is the yeah. fucking snowman. It's fucking snowman. <laughs> and we still Singing. address each other that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Singing eastbound and down. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. What's wrong with us? Eight year old. <laughs> eastbound and down. Maybe I know, what's trucking. wrong with us? <laughs> We're like recreating the scene going yeah. down my mother's driveway. Yeah. Uh, oh, I see one of you. How many you see, Bandit? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're eight years old. We're quoting that fucking movie verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Snowman, what'd I tell you? You'd ask me how Fred was doing. Yeah. I mean, what is wrong with us? <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's sick. That's crazy. That is crazy. I mean, like, we, like we always said, we were like eight years old. We're quoting that fucking movie verbatim. Half the shit we didn't even know we were saying. Nah. Oh, birds double entendres and shit. Yeah, it's fucking great. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like the movie's close to us, so I mean, like, you know, well, so to redo the damn thing is kind of like. It's it's a little bit sacrilegious. <laughs> but I mean, like, I I just I it's not even that. I mean, it's just it's a, it's that thing where like, like I can forgive a whole lot. Like you want to reboot something, but this is just one of those things that just it doesn't make any sense to, because because you, you can't reproduce Jackie Gleason. You can't reproduce Burt Reynolds, you know. You well, like that's like the rumor of them rebooting Labyrinth. Yeah. How do you do that? How do you? I mean, I just can't see anybody else as the Goblin King. No, neither can I. I mean, like Bowie. Bowie and like half that. the music was written for that movie by Bowie. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. How do you recreate something that was kind of his baby? Not really, but I mean, sort of. Collaborative, right? I mean, Bowie was clearly more than willing to collaborate with Jim Henson on that. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, some things just should be left alone. Yeah, and I think Bandit's one of them. I do too. Yeah, I just I don't see it happening. I I just don't see it happening within our age group. No. I I want to remake Gator. I'm okay with that. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. But smoking the I mean, bandit, man, come on. I mean, Stop. if you want to remake Deliverance, oh, no. <laughs> Zach Galifianakis can play Ned Beatty's part. <laughs> Squeal! I was thinking Jonah Hill, but okay, same thing. Jonah Hill, yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Remember how sad Ned Beatty was in uh, The Toy? Yeah. you remember that? Oh, I do, yeah. Sitting by the piranha-filled stream? Yeah. Fishing? Yeah. Because, like, he had no, like, he was worthless. 
Yeah. I don't know. That's the only two things I can remember really Ned Beatty from was the toy and freaking uh, Deliverance. Deliverance. I, I'm sure he's been in a ton of shit. Oh, he was in Superman 1 and 2. I forgot about that. Yeah. Like that's where I, I that's where I knew Ned um, Ned Beatty from first. It really? wasn't until yeah, it wasn't until later on in life where I was like, oh, he's the guy that gets fucked in the ass. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's the guy who gets raped by hillbillies. <laughs> right. I forgot about that. Put that on your resume, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bold acting decision, my friend. Yeah. You didn't read the script, did you? <laughs> Yeah. You didn't make it that far, huh, son? Yeah. Oh shit. Uh. Yeah, it says I uh, oh. something something happens here where I uh, hillbillies. Is that that dog? Dog. Oh, yeah, he's going nuts underneath the table. Come on, that, it's like a Velociraptor. Good lord. The whole table's shaking. I know. All I can see is like a fucking earthquake. No, fucking. He's a goddamn moose is half the problem. What kind of dog is he? Golden something or other. He's got one of Nancy's slippers. Yeah, chew that shit up. I'm just kidding. Man. Destroyed. No, but. Slobbered up real good. Yeah. Let's see if we can finish this fucking podcast. Just tell Nancy you were uh, having some fun with it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happened to my fucking slipper? I was like, oh, I fell asleep on me. And yeah. So they get for watching porn. <laughs> right. Sorry. I melted it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like Cal Drago. Yeah, man. I fucking Drago'd your slipper tonight. Sorry. <laughs> I took it as my Khaleesi. <laughs> right. <laughs> How'd my slipper go? I don't know. <laughs> Start speaking Dothraki. Yeah. <laughs> I took it in the Dothraki manner. <laughs> Made it mine. Yes. We are mates for life. That slipper had both dragon eggs. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, let's dip our toe in the old mailbag. Oh. Is that dog still there? He's laying down now. Oh, is he? Yeah. Is it a golden retriever? Yeah, I think so. How big? The, how big is the damn thing? Eighty no, pounds? A, I have no idea how many pounds he is. I'm gonna guess he's at least eighty. Really? Yeah, he's a moose. Big as Remy? Yeah. Yeah, easily as big as Remy. What's that? Easily as big as Remy. Really? Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> All righty. 
All right, so let's dip our Tony old mailbag. Mailbag. And as always, for some ungodly reason, we have an email from our good friend, Superfan Thad. Thad writes in, love my two favorite hosts who let each other pet their love sausage. I don't, don't want to know. He makes some other references. I, I'm I'm not going to get into this. Uh <laughs> Nothing better than getting... No. Yuck. Um, I was an Elmer Fudd fan. I would love to rub the peach fuzz on his head. We talked about Looney Tunes last week a little bit. Nothing big, just talking in general. Oh, really? Yeah. Old school, you know. But not the stuff you like. I like the later stuff. Yeah, I don't like the later stuff. Yeah, no, you don't. Um, I totally get the special edition Switch. I have traded in my Depends for my special edition Marion Ross Depends. We had some good luck. I picked up a used Switch a couple of weeks ago for Platypus. She wanted to play Animal Crossing, and when she turned the game on, she had a five-star island with over 180 hours played. <laughs> um, for those who don't know, we, we discussed last week. Nancy, just real quick, she traded in her Switch for a special edition Animal Crossing Switch. Okay. And apparently the game doesn't port over. Nice. And so she lost everything that she had. She had to start over. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, time to go. Penn State game is on, and I need to watch the game naked. I guess I may make the neighbors upset as I'm watching outside next to the fire. Well, well yuck. And uh, and also I, I I found out is a bit of good news. Penn State lost to Indiana today. Really? Yeah. The eight-ranked Penn State Nittany Lions were handed a loss by the Indiana Hoosiers, a team I forgot had a football team. So, congratulations, Eric Thad. I'm sure you thoroughly enjoyed that game. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this would have been the equivalent of of Pitt beating Notre Dame. <laughs> right. You know, instead of losing by 50 or whatever the fuck it was. I haven't even looked. I don't care. I shouldn't say that. I do care. I just care. I care so much I don't want to find out. Nice. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> So, anything you'd like to add to the proceedings there, sir? No, man, I'm good. Or, all right, so it's at this point in the, the recording that for some reason Skype decided to shit the bed. Thank goodness we had basically finished recording the show, but I do want to get in our, our end of show announcements like we always do. Um, so, if you do want to send us an email, uh, you can certainly do so, and we encourage that. Um, just send us an email at pittsburghnerd at yahoo.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we're very easy to find. And we are a member of a number of podcasting networks. Uh, you can find us on the Tangent Bound Network. 
in the Weeby Geeks Network. We're also proud to announce this week uh, that we just joined a new podcast network, the Pod Breed Network. And uh, it's very exciting to me because, you know, unlike, you know, and I love Tangent Bound and I love Weeby Geeks, but the, you know, the thing is, like, they're all our friends. We've been in that circle for seven years. Um, and it's it, they're great friends to have. Um, but this is a, a group, a new group um, with a bunch of podcasts that we're, I'm not familiar with. Um, I'm not going to lie. You know, uh, I've had some interactions with them, not many. Um, but I feel it gives us an opportunity to, to expand our base uh, a bit and uh, see where we're at you know hopefully we can get some some new listeners uh by reaching out to a, a different uh audience base so i'm really happy to announce we have joined the pod breed network as well just give them a google search you can find all the other wonderful podcasts they have to offer and lastly as always we want to thank you the listener for checking us out each and every week uh we can't thank you enough for that um and enjoying our hijinks and shenanigans and uh on that note, the dreamer has awakened. And as Ian would say, peace.